0: You're listening to the Inside Study Abroad Podcast, episode number 10. Welcome to the Inside Study Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Roberts. In this show, we explore the world of international education and meaningful travel with some fascinating guests, a little friendly debate, and a whole lot of practical advice. Let's get going. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Inside Study Abroad Podcast. I am so excited to bring you today's episode. I'm going to be interviewing a GPI alumni and very new, very fresh international education professional to get her take on what it's really like to land a job in 2016 in international ed. So it's gonna be a really interesting and fun interview and episode to listen into. But before we get to that, I have to say, wow, the response to last week's episode with Brett Newman of Steady Abroad Apartments was really incredible. It's blown every other episode out of the water nearly 500 downloads so far in less than a week. So crazy, crazy, crazy. If you haven't already, go check out that episode with Brett and learn more about what they're doing over at Study Abroad Apartments. Uh, and another thing I want to share with you is uh, last week, I had the honor of giving the keynote speech at the Evolve Study Abroad Returnee Conference hosted at SUNY Albany. It was a really, really cool event. It was the first time they've hosted a returnee conference in that region, and They had nearly 150 students register. I think at least 120 of them maybe showed up live. So it was really, really a huge success. Um, In my talk, I shared a little about my take on how to be a rock star in your career and life. And it was just it was just a lot of fun. And I have to thank Emily Menard and the entire planning committee over there for inviting me to speak. Um, It was really cool. I even got to meet a returnee student who's finishing up her studies at Skidmore College who's also from Kansas. So it was nice to meet another Kansas gal out there. Once once we start exploring the world, we kind of never stop. So it was, that was really cool to, to get to meet her. In addition to the Returnee Conference, uh, I'm also really excited to let you guys know that the Study Abroad Journal is n- a number one new release on Amazon, which I can't even believe I'm saying that, <laughs> those words. It's just... it's. Uh, totally unreal and so I have to thank you if you have been sharing the journal with your students or other colleagues and letting them know that this thing this tool exists out there for students to really process and take ownership over the success of their own programs abroad. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. And if you have any questions about the journal or just want to chat about it and learn more about it, please don't hesitate to reach out. We offer book book orders for offices and organizations that want to get it in the hands of their students. And of course, we also are happy to offer a discount code if you're interested in sharing it with your students as well. Want to learn more about that? Please contact myself or Natalie over at the study Abroadjournal.com, and we'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, and tomorrow, just a little quick announcement I'm hosting a free workshop. Uh, where I'm going to unpack the biggest mistakes most people make in their international education job search. And, of course, I'm also going to share what you should be doing instead of those mistakes. So if that if you fall into that category and you're currently looking or getting ready to start looking for a job at international ed, this is probably a workshop you need to attend. Uh, it's going to be tomorrow, Wednesday, as, uh, September 28th at 7 p.m. Central Time. And if you want to get registered, head on over to InsideStudyAbroad.com com slash workshop, and it'll take you to the registration page. I get this question a million times. Anytime I do a workshop, yes, there will be a replay. Do not worry. It's going to be available for about 48 hours after the workshop ends, so don't worry, but you do need to pre-register to get access to that replay, so go on over to insidestudyabroad.com slash workshop. All right, let's move on to the main event. Uh, this week, I'm talking to Rebecca Badner who's a brand new international education professional and Rockstar Global Pro Institute alumna. Becca is definitely one of those people who sees what she wants, figures out what she needs to get there, and takes some serious action to put it all into motion. I got to know Becca last spring when she joined the Global Pro Institute because she needed a little help to get over that hump and out of that cycle of applying for dozens and dozens of jobs and not gaining any traction in her IE career. Becca and I dive deep into her experience trying to break into international ed, and both before and during her GPI experience. So that's a little eye-opening. Both whether you're a seasoned professional or just getting started and trying to launch your career, I think this will be really interesting to see what it's like out there in the trenches of trying to break into this field today in 2016. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Global Pro Institute, I'll briefly explain it just so you're not totally dazed and confused about what's going on. GPI is a program I created, um, an online professional development program for aspiring international education professionals. So through six modules and gosh, over 20 hours of training content, I walk you through the ins and outs of what it takes to become an international ed professional. We go over everything from the inside baseball of the industry or field, and why I even made that distinction, (laughs) branding, networking, gaining the right knowledge and experience, all the way to creating a killer resume and cover letter that shine and actually get noticed by hiring managers. Along with core curriculum, you get lifetime access to all GPI content, including our networking community, masterclass interviews with international ed thought leaders, weekly group coaching calls with me where you can ask me anything kind of style group coaching, worksheets, roadmaps to help you keep on, stay on the right path and move forward. And gosh, there's just so much more in it. One of the most exciting parts of the GPI experience, which started this summer, is that I've partnered with Go Overseas, the awesome team over there, to offer GPI alumni exclusive access to virtual internships with their company. So not only do GPI alumni walk away with the knowledge and expertise to actually launch a real career in international ed, They gain practical experience as well, which is so elusive sometimes, especially when you're just starting out. If you want to learn more about the program, head on over to InsideStudyAbroad.com slash Global Pro to learn more. And enrollment for the fall cohort is open through this Sunday, October 2nd, and it won't be open again until 2017. So head on over there to learn more. All right, let's get into the show. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Hi, Brooke. Thanks so much for having me.
0: This is really exciting. You're my first GPI (laughs) alumni to come on the show. So let's start by you telling everyone a little bit about your international education journey.
1: I have been taking foreign languages since I was five years old. I studied abroad twice in Italy. I also worked in France and studied German. So I've always felt a draw to international people, cultures and languages and I started my search just with the word international and realized that study abroad was actually a job that I could do and decided to pursue it more seriously. So I quickly realized how competitive it was and started looking for ways to enhance my professional skills and realized what more I could do in the industry.
0: Interesting. So let's back up a little bit. You kind of skimmed over a lot of stuff. So you studied abroad yeah. a couple times in in undergrad. Where'd you go to undergrad?
1: Oh, I went to University of Rochester. Oh, nice. Up in the
0: north. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Giving them a little love. Um, and so, and tunnels. Yep. <laughs> so you uh, you studied abroad a couple times, and then you went back to do the French international teaching assistant uh, yes. program, right? Yes. Okay. It's
1: a it's a program through the French government, actually, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a sub Fulbright. Right. And I, and I took it because Italy didn't have a program like that, and I had taken French in high school, so it was really kind of a fortuitous opportunity
0: right right and you were there for a whole year mm-hmm. and then you came back um I, and i i'm filling in a lot of these gaps because i know rebecca really well at this point and uh, some <laughs> of her story so you didn't sell it very well we're gonna go back over it um so so at what point when you sort of finished undergrad and came back from france did you think like, wow, and you started doing that search and you thought, mm-hmm. you know, how, what time frame did you go through? Was it like a year later? Was it immediately? Was it while you oh, were still in France?
1: It was while I was still in France. Um, while I was in France, uh, when I was studying abroad in Italy, I was an active member of Erasmus, okay. which, is, which is basically like European all-study-abroad companies combined. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I loved it. And so when I was in France – I actually became involved in the organization I started volunteering with them. I started to get active in not only the social activities, but the cultural activities. And I just loved being part of an international environment, helping students adjust, helping students meet other international students everything about it. I just loved it and realized I want to be in this world and I don't know how yet, but right. I'm going to do it, but I'm going right. to do it.
0: So, so you came back and you said you discovered it was really competitive. Describe, tell us a little bit more about that process. <laughs> you were like, okay, I want to work in study abroad. Like what happened next? Did you start, did you start so, applying? What was the next phase?
1: Well, the next thing that happened was I came back and I'm from New York. So everything's competitive in New York. Right. So, you know, you come back and you're you're fresh out of college and you think you're amazing and unfortunately I didn't know how to sell myself very well to organizations in a professional way yet and so I came and I was like I'm amazing someone's going to pick me out of the street and you know I'm gonna get a job like that and I feel like I was very idealistic about it um, almost na- naive about it and so. I quickly realized I had to work much harder than I thought I was going to have to to develop my own professional persona and how to sell myself and how to sell myself not just sell what they wanted to hear the find the right combination of the two. Right. Do you do
0: you happen to remember like how many jobs you <laughs>
1: applied
0: for and and what was the well, result of those applications?
1: So, um inch so I applied for probably about, uh, I'd say thirty to fifty jobs, and they were wa- ra- they ranged from like nonprofit to study abroad to anything with the word international right. in the title. Right. And uh, it was. I remember I was at this one interview, and halfway through, I realized I didn't want the job. Mm. I just liked the title and. And I wasn't selling myself because I didn't know what they did, and I had researched them. And you know, you go through the process, but you realize I know what I want, and I know what kind of thing I want to be in, and I know where I want to be. And this wasn't it, and so I needed to kind of refocus. So after about fifty jobs, I realized this this wasn't working. And also, um, you know, I'm a statistics research person, so. I did the numbers I mean only 20 percent of applications that are uh, are read when they're done online, and of those 20 only 10 percent get read by a real person mm. so it's really it's not it's not our fault. it's the <laughs> system's fault and I mean that yeah and so I realized I had to start networking and that word scared me a lot right It still scares me <laughs> a little bit. It scares a me too less. so it's okay but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I realized I had to stop and refocus. It was really like this moment where I stopped and I kind of reanalyzed what I wanted. I bought a book that was called "How to Get Any Job nice. and Get Out of Your Parents' Basement." Um, <laughs> that I sounds like a actually, great book. Yeah, it was. It actually was recommended by the like my school's. Uh, some they had a little bit of a. They had a how to get a job, uh, webinar. And I listened to it and then bought the book. And the the thing that it made you do, which I think is something essential to anyone looking for a job in any field is it made you write down everything, every job you've ever had and what you liked about it and what you didn't like about it. Interesting. And, I like that. And every job that your best friend ever had, and every, <laughs> just really go through like every job. And what is good about it and what's not good about it? And not only what do you want to do, but what is the, like, what are the most important, what are your values in a career? Mm-hmm. So do I care more about making a lot of money or having time with my family? Or, like, what what kind of environment, what kind of life do you want? Mm-hmm. And it's not something that most early 20-year-olds really think about to, Deeply, And I think it's something you really should think about before you pursue a career because each industry has its own positives and negatives and you have to consider those and you have to know what you want. And I think that after I did that, I knew much better. I knew what I wanted. And when I was presenting myself to people, they knew what I wanted. And so it made it much easier to help me. Right.
0: So right. Uh, and and when you were sort of asking for advice and connections mm-hmm. and those types of things. Mm-hmm. I, I want to come back to this only because <laughs> I know a funny story about you and knowing okay. now that you read this <laughs> book before you ever met me, um yeah. I think that'll tie nicely later on. So we'll come back to this. So you applied for a ton of jobs, you weren't mm-hmm. getting anywhere. You started going after a few other resources. Like what mm-hmm. what was you know at, and this was all you know, probably within that first year being back from France, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. First um, six months, maybe? Well, actually, so timeline-wise, I got a full-time job in international education exactly... A year and two days after I got back from France
0: that's so funny because you just gave a big spoiler alert to everybody everybody's wondering like well did she ever get a job okay so she got a job you guys we'll we'll, we'll reverse engineer this for a second so so that's so great so almost exactly a year later you Mm -hmm. finally landed a job and I think that's really good for people to hear because I think like you said a lot of people sort of say oh I'm gonna apply for like five jobs I'm gonna get two interviews I'm gonna land one and boof like my life will be perfect exactly and that'll happen within like two months or something mm-hmm. and yeah. unfortunately and we talk about this in GPI as, as you know mm-hmm. but you know the timeline alone of that is just really unrealistic for most oh. organizations and universities in the international oh. space and um, yeah let alone like the
1: the volume um, that, oh my that gosh totally happens in but well yeah no when you think about it I mean like most people in international education or who are looking at any kind of job in education we've been taught to study and work hard and if you work hard and you do the assignments you get an A. Right. And when you're job searching, <laughs> you could do everything right and the person next to you just happened to have wear an orange shirt that day and they like orange. And I mean it's really you don't you ha- you can't take it personally because yeah. there's so many applicants and it's so difficult and it has no I mean of course it has something to do with how hard you work but you can work your absolute hardest and not right. It kind of flies in the
0: face of that concept of like everybody gets a trophy. Like if you have the perfect applications and you have the most polished presentation Mm -hmm. in terms of your interviews, um, you will win just because you did the work and you, you did it well. And unfortunately (laughs) you can do the work and do it very well and still get rejected. And I'm raising my hand. I was Mm -hmm. one of those people who got rejected many, 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 many times. (laughs) And I was sure I was the perfect person for
1: that job. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. No, here, I'll give you an example. I was sitting in a room for an interview that I got. And it was a temporary part-time position at an international education organization. And the man sitting next to me, obviously, I was like, hi, how are you? And it turned out, and I'm like fresh out of, I taught a year of English in France, and I felt very good about my qualifications. And it turned out that this man had spent nine years in the Peace Corps in, I think it was Malaysia. And I was like, what? Like what? <laughs> and you just, you, you, you never know who you're up against and you never know what they're, they really want. Mm-hmm. And so you can't take it personally. And sometimes it's the best thing in the world that they rejected you right. and you don't know yes, it yet, that's but true. sometimes it's really all for the best. And I know that it's hard to hear it coming from me and I have a job and Oh yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean that I really right. mean that. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the
0: story. So you were hitting a lot of roadblocks and deciding mm-hmm. you had to change things up. At what point did the Global Pro Institute sort of come into your
1: realm? Well, I had been um, looking at professional development opportunities uh, more generally, and I decided, and I kind of, on really on a whim, searched if there were any international education professional development Opportunities, and I didn't really think that that was a thing. I mean, it's right. so specific, really. And I everyone who works at NAFSA right now is like, oh, how could you? <laughs> of course, there's like all this professional exactly. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I like I would consider myself to be a decently connected person. I mean, you grow up in a in a larger area, you know people, your family knows people. My family knows many different people and, like, you know, all these different industries, you know, from different community events. And nobody knew anybody in international education. I would go to dinner with my, like, you know, my parents, friends, and they'd say, oh, international education. I know someone who works at a travel agency. I should call them. And I'm like, that's not, (laughs) it's not quite it. But thank
0: you. Well, good for you for knowing the difference. Sometimes people don't. You know,
1: right? And so that was that was very hard um, because I was so I basically I had to build this all myself. So on the one hand, it was very hard. On the other hand, it was really rewarding because now my entire network is mine. Like I built it, I started it, I found it, I found you, I built it, I did it, and I have a a real sense of ownership of my own career, and that's very nice. Right. Yeah. Right, So
0: you did the Google search for international education and professional development and what
1: mm-hmm. happened and you popped up okay. <laughs> really. <laughs> and I read your introduction. I read all of your reviews. I loved your website. It was very well designed. It was very professional and it just seemed legit. Like it seemed very legitimate. It seemed very <laughs> well reviewed. And quite frankly, as many of you know, who are listening, um, you had all these recommendations from all these companies that I had been applying to. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah.
0: So That's you, that street cred factor. We talk about that really, in GPI,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. So like you had the street cred and I remember looking at the price and thinking in my head, well, if I do this, then it'll be worth it. Because if I do it for six weeks, it'll be however many dollars a day and wow oh yeah no I'm yeah as much as I love languages I do the math Mm -hmm. and I calculated it and I had saved up money and I decided to do it and I but the, the hilarious part is so I calculated by day and now it's you know Six months later, I'm still talking to you, and it's probably the best money I ever spent. Um, well, I, I love
0: the way you put that because you're still talking to me, but and we're gonna get into it in a second. But mm-hmm. it's not just about you talking to me; it's like a no. lot of other amazing things have happened. Oh to yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that like, are, yeah, like some of it, I think, is definitely as a result of GPI, but a, a lot of it too is because you are a rock star. Um, but <laughs> so you Thank found you. GPI and. And it just really resonated with you. And so you decided to to do it. Um, okay. What were some of the things about the program that, that you valued the most out of your experience? Okay.
1: Well, before I do that, I feel like I should mention because anyone out here listening. So I actually signed up for GPI the, the night before it started. So yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this, like, yeah, and I got so excited. Yeah. And I was so, like, lucky, and I'm lucky to be here talking to you today. And really, uh, yeah, I want you to know that. So Aww, my favorite parts of GPI, um, I'd say primarily I love the, the fact that there's a real community. And we have a Facebook group, and I know that sounds kind of superficial, but really people post I'm having trouble with this, can you help me with this? I have an interview, how do I prepare for this? And we talk to each other, we really, there's a real support system that's immediately in place as soon as you sign up, and that's amazing, especially when, just as we were talking about, it's a very small field, Mm -hmm. so to have other people who are going through the same thing, who are getting rejected from the same jobs, it's so reassuring. And it's so, it's so helpful, especially when you feel like you've been alone, because even if you have other friends who are unemployed, you're like, you don't get it because you're not in this field. So it's really, really great to really hone in on that network. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. second, well, but I, definitely... I want to
0: second the the community part. I feel like mm-hmm. one of the things I always try to reiterate to people all the time is that, yes, while there's still people like hustling and implementing things and, and leveling up through the work, you know, through the the tenants of GPI um, mm-hmm. you guys are all in there together supporting each other um, <laughs> a lot of you are moving on and getting jobs and doing things and every- yeah. I mean, most people are gonna follow in that that same trajectory and as a result you guys, I mean, I love telling people this. Like, in twenty years, I'm probably not gonna be around. Like, I'm not gonna be an international ed anymore. Like, and, the, yeah. and my my peers and mm-hmm. everyone even older than me, you know, we're gonna be mm-hmm. long gone. And you guys are gonna be the ones running the show, yeah, and the directors There's... of offices and running the companies yeah. and doing all these great things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how amazing that you guys can say. Oh, you know, like 20 years ago, I remember when we met in that Facebook group when Facebook oh still existed,
1: you know, something like, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't know. There is a, there's a girl I met at the NAFSA conference who actually, um, I had like a, I kind of found a mentor who was working in the field and she got me into all of the like NAFSA exclusive events. Yeah, nice. I- then I have then I had like a secondary like job searching mentor. Um, she's she introduced me to all these people at NASA. She was very well connected. And now like and she, when we were both at NASA together job hunting and she had much more experience than me. She had a PhD. She was and she's very well connected to NASA, oh, she knew the about. industry. Yeah, and now she works at NAFSA. Right. And <laughs> like, she's a GPI alum as well. Oh yes. my God, Right. Uh-huh. And so it's it's exactly that kind of thing so um, she really helped me in those first days of this huge conference, be comfortable talking to people, wear right. more comfortable shoes, right. um, you know, just, no, I love it. And I love it face, that those connections
0: face. started. I mean, it, we had like our, a private little yeah. messaging group for everybody going to NASA <laughs> from GPI where, we you know, and I was running around like in a bazillion meetings and stuff, but I loved like in between meetings, seeing like you guys say, Oh, we're meeting here for coffee and Oh, who wants to go to this session with me? And, and, and. And one of the nice things is it gives you guys a nice airbag, especially if you're new, brand, brand new. Yeah, you're not well-connected exactly. like our, our GPI alumni friend there was. And, you know, <laughs> and so as a result, you know, there were people going to things together who the only people I knew were GPI people. And for me, that's really powerful. So you love the yeah. community, the Facebook yeah. group, networking. Yeah, I love that.
1: Um, and more like pra- speaking practically, the program itself, was perfect for what I needed and the way that it was organized and just everything about it. I really can't say enough good things because it's so intensive. There was there was more stuff than I could do. And that's the best way to be. So every day there was a task that I had to do to, in order to, you know, if I did it, like I just we just spoke about anyone who wants to go into education is good at taking classes is good. At, it likes the taking classes and doing homework and is good at that. We, we're good at that. And you've created this professional development course that kind of hones in on that skill and that ability that most people going into education love and that something that doesn't usually exist in a job search. So that right. was Right. So yeah, that you had mentioned of-
0: before that that was sort of what you liked how it was basically like a task list, like every, in, yes, in every exactly. area of your job search, like here are the action items you need to take mm-hmm. in order. Action to, items. Yeah. <laughs> you guys Absolutely. love those action yeah. items. And no, at the end of every lesson, it's like here's, uh,
1: yeah. And <laughs> no, no, hang on. And back to the community, anyone who's listening to this thinking maybe I should get this, you'd the action items were to do the thing, whatever it was, and then to post it on the Facebook group, and then everyone would be like, "Oh, this is great. Maybe you should. You forgot to come here." Everyone was editing. Everyone else is. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was not just an action item. It was an action item. It was as if you were really sitting in a classroom, and right. that right. So that was really great. Um, but I loved the fact that there was uh, definitive tasks. And you could at the end of a week say, "This is what I've accomplished. This is what I've done." Mm-hmm. And again, in a job search, it's very hard to get that kind of concrete satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And so that's that was really I loved that. Mm-hmm. I really, really loved that.
0: I want to go back to one of the things we kind of hinted at at the beginning when we talked about that that book you read at the early <laughs> stages of your. So oh, yeah. uh, we had that. I was talking to Rebecca before the call, and we were talking about in one of the first few coaching calls. So we do group coaching <laughs> throughout the live program mm-hmm. during the fall mm-hmm. and uh, spring cohorts. And uh, she came onto the live coaching call and she was talking about some things that she wanted. And um, I, I kind of gave you some tough love. Do you want to tell them about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So I had just come back from France and um, honestly, I was working at a company that had nothing to do with international relations. It was kind of a part-time job to keep me busy. And I ran out of my office to ask Brooke this question and to tell her about how I loved international education and I wanted to do this so badly. And the first sentence out of my mouth was, I can't wait to live abroad again. And she just kind of said, well, Rebecca, are you sure you want to do international education or do you want to travel? Do you want to, you know, is what do you want to help students experience cultural immersion and exchanges or do you want to live abroad because those are two different things and you you know you have to realize what what do you want and it was an interesting thing that I hadn't really thought of and I hadn't realized and she kind of she kind of said this thing that was well Rebecca if you wanted to be in Europe you would be in Europe. You would have stayed teaching even though it wasn't the love of your life because Europe would have been your primary goal. And with job searches, um, all of us have a million goals and we want everything at the same time and we want everything to be perfect. And sometimes you have to focus. And so I, in that call, I mean, it took me a week and like after processing to really say, okay, I'm focusing on my career, my career development, where I'm going, what are the next steps, as opposed to, okay, I'm going to go back to this place that I love. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I mean, it's months later, and I have a job, and I still want to go, but I understand that that is something that maybe I can go and and do the things that I love. Right. But in order to do that, I have to get the experience of things and learn and grow in a place where I have a passport and it's as simple as mm-hmm. that. Sometimes right. people and, can't see me yeah. right
0: now, but I'm like nodding like yes, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Um, Cause that's one of the hardest things I think for maybe it's any industry really, but I think especially in international education is that when we have this amazing passion because we've experienced this really deep emotive thing ourselves and so we want to work in that space and so we see ourselves immediately being like the executive site director in london you know or where insert exotic location here and not realizing that it's not just about the international element of the things it's 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 there's so much more to that quote iceberg of what we do in international education beyond just jet setting and and I think coming back to your story specifically it wasn't that Rebecca wanted to just live abroad that's not a negative thing but in that call I was teasing out with her like well you know you're a U.S. citizen you don't have you know work rights and all these places like there's all these limitations that might hinder you getting a you know, an international ed job abroad, would you be willing to do these other, other, this other type of work in international ed? Would you do freelance work? Would you work remotely? You know, all these different things. And it was one of the, you said, well, no, I don't really want to do that. I want to be in office. And I was like, well, you know, you're going to have to have a little give and take there. And I think the reason I wanted to bring it up and is because, you know, GPI isn't meant to be some, it is a great community. And I love that so many people are developing these great relationships with each other as well as with me, but it's also, it's not a kumbaya thing, you know? (laughs) Um, It's also getting you to ask yourself the hard questions and give Mm -hmm. yourself a hard look in the mirror of like, where are you really in your career and what can you do right now? And then the rest of GPI, we sort of look at, okay, let's unpack everything. Let's unpack Mm -hmm. your experience. Let's Mm -hmm. unpack your Mm -hmm. knowledge and skills. Let's unpack your network and and doing all those things. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was a really (laughs) – Uh, You reminded me of that situation earlier, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was – I remember that coaching call. That was a a little little awkward turtle moment.
1: (laughs) No, it's um, fine. Um, I don't know if you – everyone who is listening here probably knows Brooke well enough to know that she's – very friendly, and you can hear her smile when she talks, and so it's very hard to be upset with her. Anyway, like <laughs> the chat, so it's fine. <laughs>
0: oh, that's good. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who've been upset with me, but um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about one of the things you told me privately once about how you have invested in your professional development. It's something you've taken very seriously. And you've mm-hmm. done some other international ed professional development programs. How, how does GPI sort of measure up compared to other mm-hmm. experiences that you've had?
1: So I've done both international education and professional development programs and just regular professional development. I think that GPI and compared to other international education development programs that I'm familiar with it uh, focuses and kind of is the specialist on millennials meaning people <laughs> who are who are babies and naive and don't even know what they don't know and it's really hard to start once you once you've been in the once you've been in the world once you've even had a career in something that wasn't international education you understand your strengths you understand your professional strengths and where you want to go and how you want to sell yourself and how to interview, how to network, how to, you know, talk to your boss socially (laughs) and, and no, and all of these kinds of little things that we don't learn in college and that nobody teaches you. And I took other programs and they were really good at building resumes and really good at talking to you about, about the, process but GPI gives you distinct steps on discovering who you are and what you want. And not only does it give you those steps but it forces you to do them independently. So if you're one of those people who wants a spoon fed to you, I promise you you can pay anyone and everyone as much money as you want and it's not gonna happen. Right. And so I think that Brooke did an amazing does an amazing job at really kind of tough loving (laughs) us, uh, no, us babies who don't really know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. It's a really hard generation to work with because we, I was, you know, I grew up with A's and everyone gets a trophy and um, you're everyone's individual and unique and it's hard to be told no so many times and to still be positive. Right. And I think that Brooke did an amazing job of really, okay, so they're asking for this skill. You haven't worked in their office, so you don't think you have this skill, but you do because you had this experience and that uses that skill and done. And so kind of how to, no, how to translate like what I would say are university or school skills or internship skills Mm -hmm. into professional resume skills. Mm -hmm. Like I think I said, I said it to someone actually two days ago, I was helping my friend with a resume and I said to her, I'm like, and she's like, she had just gotten out of college. She's, you know, a friend of a friend and. I just told her. I said, "No one cares," and, I, and <laughs> like as nicely as possible, like, "No one cares." So when you, if instead of saying, "That's my mantra," um,
0: no one cares,
1: <laughs> which saying, sounds
0: horrible, but I have, <laughs> I have, I have uh, some explanation yeah, words for that. But yeah, no
1: one cares. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. And so, she, like, I think she had written. I think the best example was that she wrote, um, like, wrote move in, like helped with move ins or something, and I said, like. You didn't help with move-ins. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you facilitated cultural interaction with international students in America. Like, you know, you, you got to put it in the words that they know. Mm-hmm. And you have to reform. Not that you're not skilled and not that you don't have the experience, but you need to. It's like speaking a different language. You mm-hmm. have to translate. Yeah. Well, and, and, translate. And yeah. in order to translate, you need to know the language that you're translating into. And that's Ooh, something well that... well
0: played with the... I yeah. like that language learning thing. Yeah, that's nice. But that's my thing. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. I, yeah. In
1: case anyone knows. So a little about me is like, so I speak French, German, and Italian. I know Hebrew. I know a little Dutch. Like, I love languages. So that's how I think. So... Yeah, I'm very jealous because <laughs> I,
0: I love languages too, but I have no ear for it whatsoever. So let's okay. talk a little bit about the success that you've had since GP. Yeah, and, and we're already at, like, almost half an hour, so we're going to have to – I mean, we could be here another half hour to talk about Rebecca's amazing success. But oh, let's talk about – you did GPI. You learned a lot, obviously. Um, and talk about a little bit of, you know, what you did um, inside GPI and after GPI to mm-hmm. sort of level up from where you were before.
1: Okay. Well, I'm naturally – a competitive person like not with sports I never cared about sports but like I was gonna write the best project and I did debate team and so that kind of thing so I would seeing other people we had to for example in GPI we had to make a website which is an amazing idea and if you're not going to join GPI just make, go make yourself a website right now <laughs> um, seriously and you don't I let's, I,
0: let's clarify you don't have to but it's highly recommended sure, I don't want somebody sure. out there going I don't know how to code don't worry you don't have to code <laughs> no 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 yeah. no.
1: there's no code you just yeah. like go online search yeah. the program whatever yeah. um I made mine like pretty you know yeah I didn't I don't know code but they um so seeing other people's resumes and websites and projects would in kind of push me to work harder on mine and make mine better. And, and it was that it was healthy competition. It wasn't mean. I wanted, I wished them all the best, but I was like, okay, if they're going to do this then I have to get at least to that level. And it was okay. How much better can I make my, you know, <laughs> you know, how much better can I be by seeing all this other stuff? So I would say that with GPI, my like non tangible successes were being able to go into a room and say, this is why you should hire me. This is why I'm amazing, and not only this is why I'm amazing, but this is the problem that you have, and this is how I, me, Rebecca Banner is going to fix it. Yes, I love it. And that is, that is something that no one tells you you need to say. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so obvious, but it really, I don't think anyone else told me that I needed to do that. Being able to translate my school skills and my non-professional skills into professional talk or adult talk or grown-up talk, whatever you want to call it, being able to translate is really the best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that I learned with GPI. That's great. Absolutely.
0: So you also told me that you learned about NAFSA through GPI. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) But so let's talk a little bit about your more tangible success. So after GPI, you were still applying for jobs. -hmm. As you do. And what was you know, talk about your NAFSA experience. How did that go? Okay.
1: So um NAFSA is like network is like advanced networking. Oh yeah. Like (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um but I threw myself into it. I showed up to a conference of ten thousand people and I knew Brooke and that was it. I got an Airbnb and I went and I volunteered and I talked, I just would go up to people and say, hi, I'm Becca, nice to meet you. Where are you from? I just, just talked to everyone, handed out business cards to anyone that seemed like anything could ever happen with. And it was amazing. It really, end of every day, I was exhausted and felt great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been applying to jobs before NASA and actually on the... So the the conference was a week, and on the Thursday of that week, um, Thursday morning, I got a job offer
0: which is amazing and so, so exciting
1: well, awesome so the, but I the remember
0: best... you coming to the gpi reception that was mm-hmm. inside of a reception with go yep. overseas uh but yep. you <laughs> you were saying like I got a job offer but I also have these people basically um wooing <laughs> me uh these people yeah. want me to apply yeah, yeah. these people want me to come to their reception like all these people want me and what do you feel do you what do you feel like changed about you as a result of GPI or if it was a result of GPI, what do you think changed about you that made you now this it factor that like somebody that (laughs) could skip to the front of the line and I, I, you know, this I'm very adamant about, I don't guarantee jobs because there's so many factors, but I do tell people if you follow GPI, you will skip to the front of the line. And um, what do you feel like, elements of the gpi experience helped you was it just confidence like what was it i
1: think i mean like i said a big a big issue with confidence um for me and for probably a lot of people was just not knowing what you wanted and not knowing the cost we're we're in international education how about this i don't know your culture and customs i don't know how (laughs) what's appropriate i don't know what's inappropriate i don't know this culture and so you taught me about the culture so that it went, that when I went in, I felt one, (laughs) (laughs) all about that. It's it's really, it's really, and it's really a culture. That's why I say you go with the millennials because it's, you're teaching a culture. You're not just teaching this industry. You have to like start from square one and Mm -hmm. that's really hard. Um, So I would say that GPI really helped me translate my skills and learn the culture of international education. Actually, interestingly, I, Brooke. I was at, this, at, at NAFSA. Uh, I had applied to, you know, let's say maybe 10 jobs in international education before, um, like really in the field. And I met and I met three of the people who rejected me at the conference. Oh, interesting. And, <laughs> and That's I, always fun. Yeah, it was, it was. was. I met one of them after I'd gotten the job after, so yeah, it really was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, no, no, but I felt confident enough to go up to them and say, hi, I hope everything's well, how's your company? You know, because I remembered them, Mm -hmm. and I had a connection with them, and they probably remembered me. I didn't feel intimidated to go up to them and say, hi, you rejected me, but we're in the same industry, so how are you doing, how are Mm -hmm. things? And I'm not asking you for a job right now, and I'm also not embarrassed that, that happens because right. I'm sure that, you know, that happens. And, and now both, um, both people that I talked to are part of my professional network, even right. though they rejected me. And I think,
0: <laughs> and that, that's, yeah, and that's really important too. I mean, I, I, as you probably will remember one of our masterclass interviews with, um, John Wilkerson, who's our international admissions guru in the program, he, he actually talks about this a little bit in his, his masterclass about, uh, networking, And he gave this story about how he was hiring an assistant director and he had two amazing candidates. He literally he said, I could have flipped a coin and they both were amazing. And he ended up selecting one of them. But the other person, I mean, he went to town trying to, you know, basically tell every person he knows that she's amazing. You ha if you have a chance to hire her, you have to hire her. And you know, she ended up getting another job in international admissions somewhere else in the country be- based purely on his recommendation. So even when you hear not every no is a hard no. And, um, that's mm-hmm. why we talk in the networking thing about no door is ever actually closed. And so it's really important for you to nurture those relationships in strategic ways, which we talk about in the program. One of the things that I think is just so impressive that you were getting so much, you were hearing no so much and then started being more strategic and following the GPI lessons to sort of say, okay, how can I position myself better, translate, yeah. you know, all this yeah. stuff better. Mm-hmm. And as, as a result, <laughs> you had... Um, Some really interesting things happen for you where you, to this day, uh, you have a (laughs) full-time job now, but you're still being contacted by people who are asking you to apply for jobs, who are telling you about opportunities, and I think that says a lot about the philosophy I teach in the network especially the networking module about you know if you want to work in international education especially for the long haul it is even though 10,000 people sounds crazy it's only 10,000 people and uh, (laughs) we're you know and there's more of that worldwide but you know just understanding that it's 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 not a Mm -hmm. huge space and all of those opportunities are going to come I call it you know throwing out boomerangs and and you've had a lot of boomerangs that you totally Uh didn't expect to come back
1: yeah come back oh Yeah. yeah oh yeah and and um, I think, I mean, for I would like to say, I mean, I'm obviously a, a pretty outgoing person. So talking to people on the street doesn't scare me. Mm-hmm. I live in Harlem and I talk to people on the bus nearly every day. <laughs> so I, that's not scary, but it's scary to sell yourself. And it's no matter if you're the shyest person or someone like me, it's scary to sell yourself and it's something that you have, have, have to do if you want to get a job in any industry. Mm-hmm. You just have to know how to sell yourself. And in order to sell yourself properly, you have to be confident in your, in you. You can't be confident. I, I, if I went into a conference and said, oh, I'm amazing at, um, I don't know, coding. I I know a little a few lines of code, but I'm not amazing at coding. That would be false confidence. Mm-hmm. You need to have a real understanding of your skills, where you can shine, how you can help them, and how you're unique, mm-hmm. and really understand that. And in order to understand that, you have to work hard. You have to do a lot of introspective uh, work. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's something that the GPI really, really helps you with. I think there's a part, there's a part where you have to make a lot of note cards. Yes.
0: No, I was going to say, like, GPI, like, people are like, oh, what's required? I'm like, not anything, just your effort. And, like, and note cards and highlighters. <laughs> highlighters yeah. and note cards, yeah. We kind of go yeah, old yeah. school with it. But I think it's uh, one of the things I love, and I think I say this in the lessons, but one of the things mm-hmm. I love about the... The strategies that, we're, that we talk about with the note cards is that at the end of it, you actually you have a physical representation of experiences, skills, knowledge, all these things that we break it down. It's I don't want to get into it now, but um, it, like that's actually tangible because, you know, especially new people or people trying to break in the field from other careers where they just think I have nothing.
1: And mm-hmm. even if you're mm-hmm. coming
0: straight out of college, or you're you're very fresh, um, you're you don't mm-hmm. have nothing. You have something right. to work with, exactly. and now it's yeah, just yeah. about plugging and playing where those those things make sense for you and in, in launching your mm-hmm. career. And so. I, you know, I, I'm so happy that you joined the program. I do remember like, <laughs> you being one of the, the late, the late, um, enrollees, uh, yeah. during the spring. And it was it's so, so great getting to know you and having some tough love conversations <laughs> with you, um, and meeting you at NAFSA and, uh, which was awesome too. That was like my first chance to actually get to know yeah. in person. Yeah, on everyone,
1: everyone. So the first time I met Brooke Roberts, I saw her, and it was like seeing a celebrity. Oh, stop. No, 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 no. It's no, no, no. I don't care if it's embarrassing to you. I will always remember this. And she goes, oh, my gosh. Wait. Oh, yeah, you're Becca. Okay, cool. And she's, like, running around. She introduces me to the person she's talking to. She hands me off. She goes, you should talk to this person about this job. Go, go, go. And, I mean, within about five minutes, we had taken a selfie. She had introduced me to three people, and she was gone. (laughs) and it was like what
0: what yes that's true that did happen well I didn't mean to be overwhelming but you know for me I'm like it
1: was just like great she just like I mean it was just she is who she says she is Mm -hmm. she really does do this this is who she is and I think the reason that Brooke is good at this is because she knows who she is and she knows where her strengths are so she's telling you like this is where you know she just told you on this program yeah. i'm not good at languages but i'm great at running inside study abroad yeah. so
0: <laughs> for me you're right it's like i do know my strengths and the thing that we do in gpi is help you figure out what yours are and then where you have right, gaps where right. and how you can fill those gaps in in other ways and we we get into all those things as well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story becca and uh, best of luck congrats on the job i know you've been in for a few Uh months now
1: thank you so much i really appreciate you having me on i wish everyone who's listening who doesn't have a job it will work out and i know that you hate when people say that to you but i'm telling you it will and it will only work out if you work hard and if you do work hard it will work out and that's that's the most true statement
0: oh that's good (laughs) all right good note to to end on so thanks a lot becca and everybody will talk to you soon Thank you so much for coming on the show, Becca, and thank you for listening in. If you want to connect with Becca, you can find her LinkedIn profile and website all linked up in the show notes over at insidestudyabroad.com. And don't forget, the Job Search Mistakes Workshop is tomorrow, Wednesday, September 28th at 7 p.m. Central. You can register at insidestudyabroadcom slash Workshop And yes, there will be a replay. So be sure to register. And if you're ready to join the Global Pro Institute and check it out, go to InsideStudyBroad.com slash Global Pro. And remember that enrollment closes this Sunday, October 2nd, and it won't open again until 2017. So when you enroll, you'll get immediate access to Module 1 and all the content, including the Inside Baseball lesson and lots of great information in there and you can start the journey right away and as always if you'd like to connect with me you can find me on instagram and twitter as at the new dorothy have a great week everyone and i will see you on the inside bye for now